Welcome back to Doctrine and Covenants with Mom and Terry. This is Mom speaking, and we're going to be reading Doctrine and Covenants section 10 and 11 today. Um, Heads up, it is (laughs) super late in me reading this. I'm a couple weeks behind already. And did you know that having a newborn is incredibly time consuming, but also amazingly amazing? (laughs) Um, we all love little Flora around here, but because we do, we just want to spend all of our time with her and therefore, um, having time alone is a very rare because all I want to do is spend time with her. So, and then anytime that I'm not spending with her, I want to spend with our boys, you boys. So anyways, um, we're going to try and get, get to this, uh, reading so while she's sleeping because that's when we can do things and um yeah so background on doctrine and covenants section 10 um here is a a revelation given um a year basically a year after the manuscript 116 pages were stolen aka lost um and it was likely received around April 1829. And um, this is probably going to be my most favorite chapter in <clears throat> or section in Doctrine and Covenants because it describes so much of Satan's workings and the way that he does things. The Lord outlines how Satan's tactics can trick us, can work in our lives. Um, I think he's trying to help us understand how Satan works so that we can be prepared um, in the future, right? Um, And just like how Satan's tactics flatter us and the Lord's just trying to warn us. And then it also talks about how the Lord feels about those who work in the darkness and um, also how the Lord always has a plan that's way better and far greater than the devil's plan. So, um, oh, and then um, I did want to read this from Elder Jeffrey R. Holland. He says, um, we do not know exactly what we have missed in the lost 116 pages, but we do know that what we received on the small plates was the personal declarations of three great witnesses, three of the great doctrinal voices of the Book of Mormon testifying that Jesus is the Christ. It would be exciting if the 116 pages of manuscript turned up someday, but I would never trade them for the material in the small plates of Nephi. I love these greater views, quotes, Uh, given through the grand prophetic sentinels who stand at the gate of the book as we now have it. I just love how he put that. Um, And, you know, poor Martin Harris probably feels really bad about losing those. And it's sad that, you know, when we think of Martin Harris, that's what we immediately think of instead of thinking of him as the one who helped publish the Book of Mormon or the one who was a witness to the Book of Mormon. Um, so it's got to be pretty hard for him to, or at least back then, 
um, to have been the guy who lost the pages, right? So let's try and think positive and not always think of the negative things that people have done in their lives um, because those people probably don't want to be thought of as the one guy who sinned or, you know what I mean, Um, in a specific way. So uh, it kind of also just helps us realize like, hey, you know, we can make mistakes, um, but the Lord, he has greater plans and he can use our mistakes to our advantage if we let him. So we're going to get into it. We're going to get into our reading. Okay. Section 10. Oh, also this is the second time only that I have read the doctrine and covenants. I have only read it one other time. Uh, first page to last page, um, in 2012 was the only other time I ever read the doctrine and covenants. And, um, it was awesome then, but I am learning so much now because I'm going through it a lot slower and the way that I'm doing it this, or the way I did it last time was I was reading all the standard works at one time. And so they kind of all blended in together as like one big, awesome, uh, spiritual experience. But I feel like I'm getting a little bit more out of it now because I'm able to focus more on the background story of the uh, Doctrine and Covenants of each section. And so hopefully um, you all feel the same way about the Doctrine and Covenants um, when we go through, when you're going through it this time around as well. Okay, section 10, revelation given to Joseph Smith the prophet at Harmony, Pennsylvania, likely around April 1829 through Though portions may have been received as early as the summer of 1828, herein the Lord informs Joseph of alterations made by wicked men in the 16, in the 116 manuscript pages from the translation of the Book of Lehi in the Book of Mormon. These manuscript pages had been lost from the possession of Martin Harris, to whom the sheets had been temporarily entrusted. The um, see heading in to section three. The evil design was to await the expected retranslation of the matter covered by the stolen pages. And then notice how they said stolen right there and lost up there. Um, so there's people that think it was stolen, people that think it was uh, lost, you know, however you want to look at it. It was both, right? Um the evil design was to await the expected retranslation of the matter covered by the stolen pages and then to discredit the translator by showing discrepancies created by the alterations. That this wicked purpose had been convinced, conceived by the evil one and was known to the Lord even while Mormon, the ancient Nephite historian, was making his abridgment of the accumulated plates is shown in the Book of Mormon. See Words of Mormon, one, uh, chapter 1, verses 3 to 7. Okay, 1 to 26, Satan stirs up wicked men to oppose the Lord's work. 27 to 33, he seeks to destroy the souls of men. 34 to 52, the gospel is to go to the Lamanites and all nations through the Book of Mormon. Uh, 53 to 63, the Lord will establish his church and his gospel among men. 64 to 70, he will gather the repentant into his church and will save the obedient. Okay. Now behold, I say unto you that because you delivered up those writings which you had power given unto you to translate by the means of the Urim and Thummim into the hands of a wicked man, you have lost them. Also, it's sad that poor Martin Harris has to be seen as a wicked man, has to be labeled as a wicked man right here. 
Um, but it's fine, right? He is resilient. He can, he can take it um, because that's not who he was, right? He, he changed. Um, two, and you, lo- and you also lost your gift at the same time and your mind became darkened. Nevertheless, it is now restored unto you again. Therefore, see that you are faithful and continue on unto the finishing of the remainder of the work of translation as you have begun. Do not run faster or labor more than you have strength and means provided to enable you to translate, but be diligent unto the end. Pray always that you may come off conqueror, yea, that you may conquer Satan and that ye that you may escape the hands of the servants of Satan that do uphold his work. Um something in redheaded hostess said something about how quickly joseph smith was translating the pages um and then something from the i I believe from the come follow him podcast uh mentioned how there was a translator who currently we translate the book of mormon in a lot of different languages and someone who was translating it in a different into a different language said that the fastest he could go per day um was maybe like one page a week or some i can't remember you'll have to look it up (laughs) but that joseph smith was translating at such a fast rate that that is why it said that's why the lord said do not run faster or labor more than you have strength and means provided to enable you to translate but be diligent unto the end so he was basically saying you know i don't want you to burn out from trying to translate so fast (laughs) maybe take your time because consistency is better than trying to do it all super fast and then you fizzle out and then you don't do it right um And so I think the Lord is just trying to tell us, like, just try and be consistent with your efforts. So if you can translate 10 pages per day, great. Translate 10 pages per day. Um, And I do believe that it was something like that that Joseph Smith was doing because he finished the translation in like 87 days or something like that. Um, I should probably have these things written out. (laughs) But... Anyways, um, I believe it was something like that because I've done a Book of Mormon reading challenge um, in that amount of time because of that and felt that it was really fast still um, just to read it, let alone, you know, try and translate it, scribe it and everything. So anyways, um, Number five, pray always that you may come off conqueror, yea, that you may conquer Satan and that you may escape the hands of the servants of Satan that do uphold his work. Behold, they have sought to destroy you, yea, even the man in whom you have trusted has sought to destroy you. And for this cause, I said that he is a wicked man, for he has sought to take away the things wherewith you have been entrusted, and he also sought to destroy your gift. And because you have delivered the writings into his hands, behold, wicked men have taken them from you. Therefore, oh, you know, I did want to say that even Jesus Christ um, spoke to his disciples. Um, One of his disciples was 
you know, pretty sad that uh, Christ was talking to him um, and Christ was saying that he was going to die and he was going to die for all of us. And his disciple was like, what? No, like over my dead body kind of thing, you know, like, no, they'll have to get through me first. Right. And, and I remember Jesus saying like, get, get thee behind me, Satan, you know, and he basically called his disciples Satan, but not because he truly believes he is Satan, but because Satan is the one trying to stop Christ from doing his work. So if indeed his disciple could stop Christ from uh, being crucified, you know, then that would be being on the same side as Satan because that's what Satan was trying to do back then, right? He was trying to keep Christ from being um, sacrificed and so that he wouldn't be able to uh, atone for our sins and then he wouldn't be able to be resurrected and then we wouldn't be able to be resurrected, you know? And so he was basically just saying as an example, like, you know, identifying that's, that that kind of attitude is Satan-like. And so when he calls Martin Harris wicked, he is not necessarily saying that Martin Harris is an evil guy, but that the fact that he was convincing Joseph Smith to give him the manuscript, and then he did give him the manuscript, and then he lost it, it was, he was basically doing that, trying to frustrate the work of the Lord, right? He was doing the work of Satan because that's what Satan wanted him to do was to lose those pages. And anyway, so, and wanted to borrow those. Any So, so it's sometimes when we have good intentions, we may not realize that we are actually frustrating the work of the Lord um, and being on the same side as Satan. And, you know, maybe this is a bad example, but we have some friends who are going through a really hard time right now. And although I know that this is supposed to be something that helps refine my friends even though I already think they're perfect this is supposed to help refine them and help them become who they need to be I just want their trial to be removed I am praying every day even with you all we're praying every day for our friends to be healed from their cancer from their being in the hospital because of COVID. And one of our friends died already. His family, Brother Cripe, his family had to choose to take him off the ventilator because his lungs weren't getting any better and they were really destroyed and they didn't think that he could survive anyway. And so his wife, poor Julie, had to make the decision with his kids to take him off and it's just so heartbreaking, you know, and I just wanted to get rid of that trial for them. I just kept praying that he could go home. 
be with his family and just picture Brother Craig being so nice. Just all the times he's been so sweet to us and we would see him out walking behind our house when we lived in Apple Grove and we would stop them and him and Julian, they would talk with us and they were always so caring and sweet and anyway, such a sweet couple and the best guy. And I mean, the epitome of health for him, like you would never picture him being sick ever with anything, let alone COVID. And anyway, so my prayers were that I wanted to take away the trial. And maybe that is being like Satan because I don't want them to be refined. I don't want them to... It's like as if I don't want them to become who they're meant to be because I want to take their trials away. And the Lord isn't necessarily like making this trial happen in their lives, you know, but he's also not taking it away, but he's helping them through it by sustaining them and helping them feel of our prayers. And and I'm sure that Julie has learned so much through this, but still, I just want their trials to go away, and I want our friends behind us who live there now to no longer have cancer, and I want our other friends who has her husband in the hospital for the same thing that Brother Kripe's in there for, was in there for, to be healed also, but If I was talking to the Lord, I'm sure that he would be like, well, you want me to take away their trials altogether so that they'll go back to being comfortable, I guess, or, but then it wouldn't help grow them. It wouldn't help them become who they need to become. And so I know that it would seem like... I was being like Satan because yeah, I don't want I I don't want them to experience pain. That was Satan's plan, right? He was just gonna bring us all back home and we were gonna be amazing. Nobody would have pain and we wouldn't suffer. But anyways, so it's not that he's trying to be mean to us and calling us names like get thee behind me, Satan and like wicked man. He's just trying to help us see that sometimes our choices no matter how good they might seem can appear like we are on the side with satan and that we have to realize what we're doing and we have to think hey maybe the Savior's right. Maybe these choices that we want or that we're making aren't the good, better, best. You know, they're not the best. And maybe the trials we don't want our friends to go through is not the best choice that we could be praying for, right? And we only see things with our human natural selves and we see the pain and we don't want that 
so we naturally think let's make that go away we'll pray it away you know even though we know that the lord can take things away for us he is helping us through it so anyways okay uh wow so we're already (sighs) we're just on verse six and We've already gone 20 minutes. So let's try and read this so that we can uh, get through it a little faster. Momentary, right? Okay. So, uh, Doctrine of Covenants, section 10, verse 6. Behold, they have sought to destroy you. Yea, even the man in whom ye have you have trusted has sought to destroy you. And for this cause, I said that he is a wicked man. For he has sought to take away the things which... Wherewith you have been entrusted, and he all—he has also sought to destroy your gift. And because you have delivered the writings into his hands, behold, wicked men have taken them from you. Therefore you have delivered them up, yea, that which was sacred unto wickedness. And behold, Satan hath put it into their hearts to alter the words which you have caused to be written, or which you have translated, which have gone out of your hands. And behold, I say unto you that because... They have altered the words they read contrary from that which you translated and caused to be written. And on this wise, the devil has sought to lay a cunning plan and that he may destroy this work. For he hath put into their hearts to do this, that by lying, that by lying, they may say they have caught you in the words which you have pretended to translate. Verily I say unto you that I will not suffer that Satan shall accomplish his evil design in this thing. For behold, he has put into their hearts to get thee to tempt the Lord thy God in asking to translate it over again. And then behold, they say and think in their hearts, we will see if God has given him power to translate. If so, he will also give him power again. Oh, so this revelation came because Joseph Smith was wondering, like, hey, you know, remember those pages we lost? I'm just, you know, wondering, because he, what he did was he just continued to translate um, the rest of the stuff he was translating. And then at some point he realized, like, maybe we should go back and translate this stuff, you know? Because, you know, if you're Joseph Smith and you've translated those pages, you know the importance of the information in those pages, right? And so I'm sure that's why he was asking the Lord, like, dude, we probably should translate those again, don't you think? Like, that was some good info I was translating. And it was, I mean, if you think about uh, Joseph Smith, that was like his first encounter with other scripture aside from um the rest of the book of mormon right and so he must have just loved reading all this new information and translating all this new uh uh doctrine that he was reading and and translating and it must have been amazing to him and you know of course he would want to retranslate it of course he would want wouldn't want us to miss out on the rest of uh those the information in those pages and so and the experiences listed in those pages so of course he was like can we translate those again you know so this is why the revelation was given um <clears throat> let's see did i read number 16 okay and then behold they say and think in their hearts We will see if God has given him power to translate. If so, he will also give him power again. 
17. And if God giveth him power again, or if he translates again, or in other words, if he bringeth forth the same words, behold, we have the same with us, and we have altered them. Therefore, they will not agree, and we will say that he he has lied in his words, and that he has no gift, and that he has no power. Therefore, we will destroy him, and also the work, and we will do this, that they may that we may not be ashamed in the end, and that we may get glory of the world. Verily, verily, I say unto you that Satan has great hold upon their hearts. He stirreth them up to iniquity against that which is good, and their hearts are corrupt and full of wickedness and abominations, and they love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. Therefore they will not ask of me. Satan stirreth them up, that he may lead their souls to destruction, and thus he has laid a cunning plan thinking to destroy the work of God. But I will require this at their hands, and it shall turn to their shame and condemnation in the day of judgment. Yea, he stirreth up their hearts to anger against this work. Yea, he saith unto them, Deceive and lie and wait to catch, that ye may destroy. Behold, this is no harm. And thus he flattereth them and telleth them that this is no sin to lie, that it is, wait, that it is no sin to lie, that they may catch a man in a lie, that they may destroy him. And thus he flattereth them and leadeth them along until he draggeth their souls down to hell. And thus he causeth them to catch themselves in their own snare. And thus he goeth up and down to and fro in the earth, seeking to destroy the souls of men. Look, isn't that interesting how basically the Lord is telling us like, look, he's just flattering them and he's trying to lead them down to hell. I mean, yeah, he's trying to frustrate the Lord's work, but his goal is also to lead them down to hell. So, I mean, obviously the Lord's work is going to continue. And so then what does Satan get? He gets their souls. Verily, verily, I say unto you, woe be unto him that lieth to deceive, because he supposeth that another lieth to deceive, for such are not exempt from the justice of God. Now behold, they have altered these words, because Satan saith unto them, he hath deceived you, and thus he flattereth them away to iniquity, to get thee, to tempt the Lord thy God. Behold, I say unto you that you shall not translate those words which have gone forth out of your hands. For behold, they shall not accomplish their evil designs in lying against those words. For behold, if you should bring forth the same words, they will say that you have lied and that you have pretended to translate, but that you have contradicted yourself. And behold, they will publish this and Satan will harden the hearts of the people to stir them up to anger against you, that they will not believe my words. Thus Satan thinketh to overpower your testimony in this generation that the work may not come forth in this generation. But behold, here is wisdom. And because I show unto you wisdom and give you commandments concerning these things, which you shall do, show it not unto the world until you have accomplished the work of translation. Okay, I love this. And then 35, marvel not that I said unto you, here is wisdom, show it unto, un, show it not unto the world. For I said, show it not unto the world that you may be preserved. Um, and then number 36, behold, I do not say that you shall not show it unto the righteous. But as you cannot always judge the righteous, or as you cannot always tell the wicked from the righteous, therefore I say unto you, hold your peace until I shall see fit to make all things known unto the world concerning the matter. 
Um, this is awesome. So this is just some something um, also that I love about how the Lord said, hey, you know, the rest of this translation, we're just going to not show to anybody until we're all the way done. You know, like that way we won't get in trouble. And so I think that's also another reason why Joseph Smith was probably trying to translate so fast was because he was probably getting tempted left and right from a bunch of friends, people, everything that wanted them, plus the people who were trying to steal them. So it's just like so hard for poor Joseph to try and um, resist all of this temptation all at once and persecution, you know, because when, if you've ever been persecuted or if you've ever, and I know this is true for Finn, if people have ever thought that you are a liar, you are trying to do everything you can to try and prove yourself not a liar, right? And so, and if you don't like being called a liar, and if you don't, and if that just doesn't sit well with you, then you're going to try and go out of your way to prove to people that you're trustworthy, right? And so, of course, Joseph Smith's trying to, you know, make sure that people believe him because he wants people to be on his side. He needs more people on his side. And so, I could just imagine, like, the turmoil that poor Joseph is having. Like, on the one hand, he's like, yeah, I can't trust anybody. But on the other hand, he's like, but I really want to trust people. (laughs) And I really want people to trust me, right? So it's just human for us to want to be trusted and to want to have people on our team. Um, But also, this is like another principle of business, I think, that we can take from the scriptures right here, where he says to just don't show anyone until it's done kind of thing. Um, Sometimes in business, we get ideas to do things, right, for our business or for maybe even just service ideas for our neighbors. Um, And if we sit with it too long, our natural man and Satan can convince us to not do it, right? So, like, I can give lots of examples um, of business ideas that have not that I have not done anything with um, because I get ideas all the time. And then, you know, I'll be like, okay, should I, or should I not? Should I, should I not? Should I, should I not? Forever. Like, it seems like the whole time I'm trying to figure out if I should or shouldn't. And the longer I think, should I, or shouldn't I, it's more like I, I'm not right? I'm just not moving forward with it. All I'm doing is sitting there thinking about doing it. That doesn't produce anything. It doesn't help me move forward and it doesn't help me figure out if I can or can't. It just has me stuck. And so um, I think it's perfect that the Lord says, here's wisdom, show it not unto the world until, um, until it is uh, show it not into the world until you have accomplished the work of translation. So you could apply that to business. Show it not unto people. Like, don't even tell anyone unless you finished your idea. Like, why don't you try it out? You know, just do the idea that you are thinking of and then see if it works, right? If you, like, if I get a prompting of, hey, I want to go help so-and-so, you know, Instead of being like, should I go and help so-and-so? I don't know if I'm going to have time to help so-and-so. Maybe I can do this for so, you know, maybe, I don't know. And by the time that 
you actually get around to helping so-and-so, you are already too late. Like maybe they already are done needing the help that they needed and that you could have helped them with. Um, it's like that five second rule from Mel Robbins. You know, you have literally five seconds to decide on your idea if you're going to move forward with action or not. And if you don't, that's because Satan has convinced you to delay. And you can think it's Satan, you can think it's your natural person, whatever, but whatever's happening is you're not actually doing it. And therefore, you're losing out on the experience of having done it, right? And so let's take a page from this Doctrine and Covenants and show it not unto the world until we have accomplished the work, right? So just go and do it, you know, and don't think, don't overthink it. Don't should yourself, just go and do it. Um, and then show it to somebody, um, your business idea or your service idea. If you've wanted to make donuts for the entire ward, just do it. You know, that's a great idea. Why wouldn't that be a good idea? Sure, it might seem crazy, but wouldn't that be awesome? It sure would. So just, it's a good idea. Just do it. Um, and, you know, if you're like Bishop Daly, you probably did do it. <laughs> so, okay. Um, we are on verse 37. Just kidding. Verse 38. And now, verily I say unto you that an account of those things that ha that you have written, which have gone out of your hands, is engraven upon the plates of Nephi. Yea, and you remember it was said in those writings that a more particular account was given of these things upon the plates of Nephi. And now, because the account which is engraven upon the plates of Nephi is more particular concerning the things which, in my wisdom, I would bring to the knowledge of the people in this account. Therefore, you shall translate the engravings which are on the plates of Nephi down even till you come to the reign of King Benjamin or until you come to that which you have translated, which you have retained. And behold, you shall publish it as the record of Nephi. And thus I will confound those who have altered my words. I will not suffer that they shall destroy my work. Yea, I will show unto them that my wisdom is greater than the cunning of the devil. Booyah. Okay, it's not, Booyah is not written in the scriptures, just me, just mom. Behold, they have only got a part or an abridgment of the account of Nephi. Behold, there are many things engraven upon the plates of Nephi, which do throw greater views upon my gospel. Therefore, it is wisdom in me that you should translate this first part of the engravings of Nephi and send forth in this work. And behold, uh, 46, and behold, all the remainder of this work does contain all those parts of my gospel, which my holy prophets, yea, and also my disciples desired in their prayers should come forth unto this people. Oh, this is the best right here, because the Lord did promise a bunch of his disciples and prophets that we would get the records that they were preserving. Oh, I love that. And I said unto them that it should be granted unto them according to their faith in their prayers. So he's trying to stay true to his part of the bargain because he asked them to keep the records. And 
they kept the records, but only because they wanted to make sure that we would have them. And so that was, I, that it's like, you can see the covenant that was made there with the Lord. Like the Lord asked them, Hey, will you keep a record of this? And they're like, well, only if you're going to use it to help people and that they need to get them, that they need to get this. Cause I'm not doing this for nothing. Right. And then the Lord's like, yes, I promise they will get it. Um, that's really cool. I never realized that. Yea, and this was their faith that my gospel, which I gave unto them that they might preach in their days, might come unto their brethren, the Lamanites, and also all that had become Lamanites because of their dissensions. Now, this is not all. Their faith in their prayers was that this gospel should be made known also if it were possible that other nations should possess this land. And thus they did leave a blessing upon this land in their prayers that whosoever should believe in this gospel in this land might have eternal life. Oh, man, I love the Book of Mormon. I remember those prayers. In fact, I'm reading Book of Mormon right now in 30 days because since Flora's birth because I've done it every year with you kids. And it has been such a blessing in my life that, of course, I had to do it with a little Flora, too. But it is so true and so powerful, those the blessings that we get from just reading the Book of Mormon every day. 51, yea, that it might be free unto all of whatsoever nation, kindred, tongue, or people they might be. And now behold, according to their faith in their prayers, will I bring this part of my gospel to the knowledge of my people. Behold, I do not bring it to destroy that which they have received, but to build it up. And for this cause have I said, if this generation harden not their hearts, I will establish my church among them. Now I do not say this to destroy my church, but I say this to build up my church. Therefore, whosoever belongeth to my church need not fear, for such shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. But it is they who do not fear me, neither keep my commandments, but build up churches unto themselves to get gain. Yea, and all those that do wickedly and build up the kingdom of the devil. Yea, verily, verily, I say unto you that it is they that I will disturb and cause to tremble and shake to the center. Behold, I am Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I came unto mine own, and mine own received me not. I am the light which shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. I am he who said, Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, unto my disciples. And many there were that understood me not. And I will show unto this people that I had other sheep, and that these were a branch of the house of Jacob. And I will bring to light their marvelous works, which they did in my name. Yea, and I will also bring to light my gospel, which was ministered unto them. And behold, they shall not deny that which you have received, but they shall build it up and shall bring it to light. And shall bring to light the true points of my doctrine, yea, and the only doctrine which is in me. And this I do, that I may establish my gospel, that there may not be so much contention, yea, Satan doth stir up the hearts of the people to to contention concerning the points of my doctrine. And in these things they do err, for they do rest the scriptures and do not understand them. Therefore I will unfold unto them this great mystery. For behold, I will I will gather them as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, if they will not harden their hearts. Yea, if they will come, they may partake of the waters 
of life freely. Behold, this is my doctrine. Whosoever repenteth and cometh unto me, the same is my church. Whosoever declareth more or less than this, the same is not of me, but is against me. Therefore, he is not of my church. And now behold, whosoever is of my church and endureth of my church to the end, him will I establish upon my rock. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. And now remember the words of him who is the life and light of the world, your Redeemer, your Lord, and your God. Amen. Okay, so we're going to stop here because I want to separate this section 10 with section 11 um, because we're already going at 39 minutes. Okay, see you in a minute.